A very good afternoon to you, everybody. Uh, great to have you back on board and listening to this week's podcast. Uh, delighted to have both Philip and Christian from Arcadum back with us again today. So good afternoon, chaps. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So this week's topic and this week's theme is, is all about gameplay. Okay, so I'm going to dive straight into the questions. So they're going to be coming thick and fast. So first question, I suppose, that we have is how do you guys approach the player sort of feedback in Arcadum games? So player feedback is hard to get because um, we don't really deal with the players. Um, we deal with you know casino clients and operators. Um, we do see a lot of players playing the games you know on YouTube or streamers or anything like that, and in the forums um, from various review sites. Um, players talk all the time, so we have to really keep our eyes out for that. And it's feedback's hard to judge as well in the gambling industry because if a player loses a lot in your game, they're not going to really like it, or they still could like it. But if they win a lot, they, they don't love it because obviously they're winning. So it's hard to gauge. And sometimes players could win a lot and hate the game, but they play it because they think they can win it. So it's, it's it's difficult. But I feel like you just have to gauge what the community is looking towards and then you kind of get a feel of how it's going on the feedback. Makes sense. Okay, so I know we've we've only released a single game and obviously our next game, um, Evil Elf, is coming out very shortly. But are there any cases that we've had to sort of potentially change an idea that, you know, maybe in development phase looked really, really awesome, but then a customer or somebody else didn't quite like it or didn't quite enjoy it? We always take feedback on board with every operator, every provider or every aggregator we work with. Any feedback we take on board. Um, we haven't really had to change anything. There was one game we just tweaked a little bit uh, from some feedback, but otherwise we always uh, are open to all feedback. And we're having only one game out there, as Philip said, or as, as you mentioned as well, at the moment we don't have as, that much feedback from the industry. Well, we, for instance, we kind of had a sneak peek on Friday on a streamer stream of Evil Elf. Um, we let them play the local demo. And it was quite funny because the bonus, the game did bonus after like two hundred spins, and it happens because that's RTP for you know it can bonus quickly, it can bonus in two spins, it can bonus yep. in five, bonus in like a thousand. But players who were watching, it was like 300, 400 people watching the streams play this game, and everyone was looking out, working the sounds of the game, and they could see the game was like a wager friendly game as well. So none, no one was giving any bad feedback in in the chat because I was I was sat in the chat watching, and it was quite nerve wracking for me at the time because that's the first time anyone's really seen the game popular. Right. And, we didn't get any bad feedback, which is great. Um, and the game didn't even show the potential of the game because it hit bonus, but it's people understand that's, that's how that's slot game worked. Um, so we're always looking at our feedback and if any feedback had been given that night, it would have crushed my soul a little bit, probably. Um, but we would have kind of like, you know, addressed that. But luckily for us, everything went really well. So this post, this leads me to the next question, right? So just let's take that example um, as our sort of choice, if you will. That, For example, you'll, one of the guys is streaming the demo. He's looking at it. Somebody else or, or a whole bunch of people, as you said, like two, three hundred people are viewing as he's streaming it. What happens if we get some of that feedback? Would we be able to sort of have enough time to build that back of the game and maybe tweak it or, or not? It depends on the time frame. I mean, now it would be really difficult to do that because we're getting really close to launch on the third of December. Um, but for instance, a game like Tap House, who we have been already showing to operators and you know it's got a lot of interest in it. If that was the case because the game is ready now and it's finished, Tap House is done in our eyes, we could take that on board because there's a lot of time between now and uh, mid-January when it's going to launch. Uh, I think it's the 14th January actually. That is kind of you know a lot of time to play with. But we're looking at offering exclusivity for that game as well. So you know we can tweak it between now and then, but we're looking at that kind of early January, uh, late December as well. Um, but we have these games ready months in advance. 
as we always say. So if there's any changes we made, we, we test these games constantly and we're looking at improvement. People do see these games and clients see these games. So yep. we take feedback on board. And this is the reason why we have the games so well in advance Reddit. So we can kind of make these changes without doing it, you know, rushing at the end. Why rush yeah. at the end and perfect it in the start of the process? Makes sense. Yep, totally makes sense. So is there any projects, I suppose, even if there are possible, to create new and completely different forms to play online gambling games? And I suppose if so, how is the process developing such individual ideas? Um, so we do have a table game coming out um, next year called Red Panda Poker. That's a very innovative poker game um, that's not been really seen on kind of an RNG perspective or a live casino perspective at all. Um, it's It's gone through a lot of testing. We had to do a lot with the math mechanics as well because it's a table game, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot of kind of side bets in the game as well. So we've been testing that game now for three months internally before we even started to build it, so we were in simulations. So it's to make these new mechanics or new math models or anything like that, it takes a lot of time and practice and patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because with, with a slot game, it's, it can be hard because we are thinking of doing some great new mechanics in the future. Yeah. But at the moment, with the mechanics that we've defined, you know, it's quite simple to make these games because we've already got these defined mechanics and we test them a lot. But with the inventive ones like Red Panda Poker or some of the future mechanics down the line, we've had to really, you know, R&D these, these products to make sure they're ready. So we won't start making the game until we're satisfied it's beating uh, R&D. Is there a, and I guess I suppose this is really for the audience more than isn't it? Is there a game style that you guys like to play more than others? Um, and I suppose alternatively, are there any games for you guys as well that are actually easier to develop than some other games? Or is it just quite similar across the board? It depends as well because the, it's hard because all games that we you know design, we like to design and we, and we think they're simple just because we enjoy doing that. Yeah. Uh, but some games are more complicated. I mean, if we look at um, Tapas, for instance, that's coming out in January, that's, there's, the mechanics are quite easy to wrap your head around and there's not a lot of symbols in that game. But then if we look at a game like um, Evil Elf, that was more difficult to develop than Tapas because Evil Elf's got two features. And then we have a game coming out um, April next, sorry, not April, um, August next year, um, called Flashback Heroes around July and August. And that's got four in-game features. It's got four bonuses in it. So that game's going to take a lot longer to develop because there's a lot more symbols in the game. There's a lot more characters. There's a lot more music. Mm-hmm. It's just so much more that goes on in that game. But each game is still quality driven. So even if a game has more assets in it or more features, it's still not going to look better than other games that we have. It may feel better because the mechanics are different and it's always going to feel different. But in terms of looks and sounds, the quality is always going to be there no matter. It could be the simplest game on the planet for us. You know, it could be an online game that's no features and it just has wins and you can trigger big wins. But it's yep. still be a cool sounding looking game. I suppose, and again, I want to come at it from a slightly different a different way, right, and a different angle, because one of the things that we've talked about is being very rigorous in terms of how we test. Uh, very rigorous going right the way through the process to make sure that when we are releasing a game, it's absolutely spot on. Um, but I suppose one of the questions that, that we've been asked over the last while is that, you know, bugs are quite a big deal, right, in some of the games. And we do see games that are online and there's bugs in them. So how would we, and again, is it, because we do so much rigorous testing before it gets out there, or if so, how would we deal with bugs potentially in a game in the future? With bugs, um, there has been some bugs present in the games while we've been you know, designing them and creating them, and we, we work those bugs out before we even get near putting it live. Um, the reason why we test so much is because in the past, I've, I've worked for obviously casinos in the past, and when I used to work one when I was in the UK, 
um, one mentioned the casino, one mentioned the provider, but a game was brought out at the time and it launched with over 100 live bugs in the game. Wow. And at the time, I was kind of one part of the team that tried to resolve it from the casino standpoint and any technical issues. Mm-hmm. And it was a nightmare for. Right, for you can imagine. It was one of the most popular games on site, you know, everyone was loving it. And with that's great, don't get me wrong, but it was more the fact that then all these issues are getting raised and we're trying to fix them and players are yeah. playing it. This causes chaos for us, the provider. I mean, the player has a really bad experience, so we don't want to cause anyone issues like that. We're pleased yeah. to enjoy our game. We don't want casinos hating the fact that they've launched our game. So we literally sit there and we test our games, all of us, um, just case response from we simulation test the game. We batter it with millions upon millions of spins. We sit there playing it just identifying visual bugs as well. Right. Um, and I think that's highlighted it's fixed. Awesome. Yes. Well, we, that's why we do these games and we try to have them uh, ready uh, four to six months in advance mm-hmm. so we can do the proper QA, the simulation test, as Philip said, because if there's a bug, you know, it looks it's bad on Arcadium uh, as well as a company, but mm-hmm. we do realize uh, and the most impact that this has is normally on the operator and the customer support. That's yeah. what we do not want our partners to end up in a situation where we are so that's why we do this rigorous testing. I mean, I've, I've, I started out as a sport agent after I, I left the Bookmakers uh, um, after university, and yeah, you're sitting there, and sometimes you can get abuse. And I don't want to cause someone abuse for something that is avoidable. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, it happens. That's customer support. Unfortunately, you do get abuse. Um, yeah. I'm not saying all players like that, it's only a very small minority, but I'd rather make sure everyone has a happy customer journey because then no one has to deal with anything like that at all. Totally makes sense. Okay, cool. So um, last question really is how the stories of the Arcade of My Game universe characters are affected by and affect sort of gameplay itself. So, I mean, if, if you look at Kawa, you can see him on the reel itself. He's, he's stood on the right hand side of the reel and you can tell that person is Kawa, he's looking over his sitter. And when we do the next game, which we already confirmed, you know, is the Neo Samurai Pirates Great Heist in 2022, um, you're going to see Paradox take front and center. Kawa's not taking a backseat. Kawa's in that game and he's chasing him. He's going after him. You know, he's not letting him get away with the stuff that he's doing. And the soldiers become more prevalent because now they're out in force. And if we look at kind of you know, Frostbury's itself, you know, in that game alone, uh, in the level we have Frostbury's causing chaos, but then we have Captain Blueberry's leading these squad of soldiers to go find her to send the 12 to We have the battle hardened Santa who no one knows if he's doing anything. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> um, and, then, and then with Tap House, we don't have certain characters, but you can be telling a story through the game itself, through the gameplay. Uh, the game changes dramatically in the in the moments from the base game and the whole theme of the game changes. So it goes from a very light, fun game to a very sinister one and players can see the story just through that. And then if we talk about Starfang, which is you know the game we have confirmed for March um, that we've touched upon, but we can talk about a bit more. We have, you know, the Knight Aiden who's defending Albion against Morrigan, who's a the most powerful source has ever been and she can change into a dragon and you can see in the game's artwork in the background alone that she's burning Camelot to the ground and Aiden's overlooking it and he's, he knows he's got a fight for himself. So yeah. just you can even see from just the game's background, um, not even just the characters and the reels or the story that goes in the rules, you can just see that he's up for a fight because you can see the dragon literally pulling the gate down, breathing fire through the gate and he's shooting across the bridge into the castle. And Aiden's Very just cool. a mile in the distance looking with his sword and shield like, this is bad. I've got five minutes. <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of, we do that. We do it from the music as well. We do it from, like I said, the artwork, but 
we also, if players look in the game rules and what players do, they can see the story of the game. And then we do it in our marketing. I mean, if you look at kind of Frostbreeze at the moment with the LinkedIn marketing, um, you can see the animation where she's playing her own game. Yep. She's, that's how cheeky she is. She'll just play her own game and she'll take money from her own games. So it's kind of that, that, that cheekiness that we have. And even with the posters that we have for these games, everything that we ever push from marketing, you can always see it in game. We're firm believer that we will not make up things just to, so it looks like you know better than it should be. Anything yep. you see when it comes from us, even the cups that we have now with uh, Frostberries, where it melts in heat and becomes like a very cool, like evil elf cup, that is in-game art. That's all in-game art, so anyone yeah. can just see it. And um, we're firm believer on that. Yeah, and that's massively important, I think, to be completely honest with you, because it, it resonates. And I think the users who actually will get to, to really love and enjoy playing this game, you know, over and over again, they can see that, you know, we're not just trying to develop stuff and market stuff and put it out there just for the sake of putting it out there and drawing people in. It's like they can actually have a much better experience of the game when they actually truly land on it and actually play the game itself. We kind of had that with Coward, because some people had some reservations that it was too much of an issue you know, Neon Samurai Futuristic Japan. But when you actually look at it, and you look at all the reviews for Coward, and look at the players who enjoy the game, everyone loves the story, everyone loves that nostalgic, you know, Total Recall kind of vibe. Mm, yeah. You know, it's the Futuristic Samurai, yes, but it doesn't subtract the music's really good, and people have enjoyed the story that goes with Coward as well. Yeah. So, some people were doubting it because there's too much finish, but it's not too much finish, because if you make a really great game, people are going to play no matter what and enjoy it. Definitely so. All right, well, listen, that's all the questions I have for you guys this week. So, again, thanks very much for taking time at your super busy schedules to sit down with me. So, again, a pleasure as always. Thank you very much indeed and look forward to uh, catching up with you again on the next one, boys. All right. Thanks again. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys.